0: Put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together, put your hands together. Put What's up your everybody, thanks hands for coming out to the UCB. Can we shut up the shut up. and put your hands together for your host, together. Get ready to play with your hands together, put your hands together, get ready to cover your hands together.
1: Your hands Yay, audience! Hands together. I'm happy to I don't even know. There's also wow. There's like a lot of like adult men in the audience You guys are like how old are you? Tell me your exact age. Just how, No, I want to hear exactly how old you are. How old are you? You're 56? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah for that guy. That is the best guy. Sir, you're the best guy in here I'm gonna I hope this reaches. I don't know if it does. It does. I want to shake your hand. You're doing everything right. I don't know what the rest of these people are doing with their lives, but you should be that age, you should be 56, and at this show. What are you, younger than that? Get it together. Be hip, cool, but also have lived your life a little bit and still have a lot of years ahead of you because I don't know, maybe you, I don't know if you have a motorcycle or not, but you look like a man who's into it, Whatever is around. Motorcycles and just living. You're an adult also, how old are you, sir? Yeah, 48, look at these people. What are you doing? I'm not saying this to sh- Exactly! Yes! He threw me the horns! Do you understand? This is the night! You know, I didn't- I wasn't planning on this being the audience, but now I will say this. I saw, uh, I saw A Good Day to Die Hard yesterday, and that dude, that Willis, has really fallen from his Looper days, you know, which was just like just like two, three months ago. He looks like shit. However they were angling that camera in Looper, whatever like CGI effects they applied to his face, they did not do that in that Die Hard movie. They let him grow in his little gray stubble, and I don't see him here tonight. He's probably at home, but look at these spry young folk. Here at a show. One more round of applause for these men. And their service to our country. A lot of adults here, which is really nice. Are there any, uh, who's like the youngest, oh, it's you. You're the youngest person, I think. How, how old are you? Yep, okay. You're a, there's a 13 year old. So there's a 13 year old in the fit. That's. Look at all those, look at that range. I got pull. I have pull with a large, uh, and also there's a lot of men in the audience tonight. Usually I come out and I just go right into material, but like, I'm also like, wow, this section, just all, just a lot of men, just a lot of like men, you know, like really like men, a lot of beards and, and, and you, you're wearing like a, what are you even, is that like a, you're wearing like a leather jacket? Yeah, you're wearing a leather jacket. So you're a man, you even have floppy hair. Because you don't have to cut it. You have like Matthew hair from Downton Abbey. So your days are numbered. Yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, exactly. That was such a, what a UCB crowd, S- spoiler, spoiler. Spoiler. That was just gently rolling down. the. Uh, spo- uh, spo- um. Spoiler! Excuse me. That was a spoiler. What other things do you want? Do you know what's the worst thing I've ever done in my life? But also the best thing? This is not the worst thing I've ever done in my life. The worst thing I've ever done in my life is dated two women simultaneously for one year. while neither of them knew. That's the worst thing I've ever done in my life. But don't worry about it, I I only felt guilty about that for 10 years. So they like got on with their lives and had functional relationships and I hated myself for a long time. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it was embarrassing in the moment for them, but I had a lot to work through. (laughs) (laughs) This is not the worst thing I ever have done in my life, but it's one of the worst things that I've done. Uh, my, My girlfriend and I were driving out here from Chicago to Los Angeles to move here and we drove in two cars. We drove tandem with walkies. We drove with walk because we have we each have a car, so we drove our cars out here with walkie-talkies, which led to a couple different interesting moments. Uh, uh, One was that we pulled over at like a lookout spot because we we had said like we also used over, which is nice. You know what I mean? Like when you're actually in that position, you're like, no, let's use over. Like uh, I'm out of gas, over. You know, like stuff like that. We used it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we pulled over at like a lookout spot and there were two, two there was nobody else around uh, we were in the desert and then two other cars pulled over and it was two dudes and uh, they got out of their cars to look at the lookout spot also and then one of them said hey we heard you on your walkies because we have walkies too and then our fir- my first thought was like what were we saying on our walkies because I can be pretty perverted on a walkie but then my other response was like, oh my god, this is, like, they came to murder us or, or force us to have sexual congress with us. With them, I mean. But then they saw, like, they heard our voice. I don't know if I, I don't, I mean, I have like a, I could, like, okay, I don't know. I have a beautiful voice. I do. Thank you. Um, but I do think that, like... <laughs> I don't know what they were planning. I do know that when they, like, they were skinny boys. They're skinny men. And we had boots on, you know, like, so. My girlfriend, she carries, like, tools. Like a like a unit tool or whatever, one of those things, you know. Just open a bottle or, or kill a man. So they pulled over to be, like, like, oh, ladies, and then it was just us, like. So then they didn't, we didn't do anything. But it was scary. Because uh, then, then I was like, oh my God, the people. Oh, but okay, so that's one thing. Then the other thing is with those walkies is that also um, I'm, a, I'm a huge sci fi fan. Huge sci fi fan. Also, the television show Battlestar Galactica really means something to me as a person. Yes, it does. Because Starbuck is in that television show, and that I love her. We're the same. I'm a fighter pilot, she's a fighter pilot. <laughs> Mine is emotional. (laughs) Mine is reflected in my gender. Hers is a job. But we're the same. We're the same amount of
0: jumpsuits.
1: (laughs) So I love that show. And my girlfriend, like, refused to ever watch it because, I don't know, she had, like, a life and busy stuff going on. (laughs) We were like three days into our drive from Chicago to Los Angeles and we'd run out of things to talk about on the walkies and like our Spotify wasn't working or whatever. And I swear to God, I said, all right, I'm telling you the plot of Battlestar Galactica. Here's how it ends. I started with the end. (laughs) To this day, she's very mad at me. And now, has anybody here not finished that show yet? It's like from several years ago. Wow. The guy in the leather jacket's pissed about it. Are you watching it currently? Is this gonna upset you pretty much? I'm gonna tell you right now how it ends. <laughs> What'd you say? You heard what? <laughs> He's covering his ears. It's okay, I'm not really gonna say it. You should. She, she has to... We have... She, ha, she... I am a good lover. And so I can say whatever I want to to her. But you... I will never be with you know and you don't want to be with me either so you should watch the show you know what I mean like let's just go to our own houses and watch the show (laughs) guys this is I'm having first of all I'm already having the time of my life also you're not gonna believe this show I'm so excited about this show I'm so excited about all the comics Um, we have uh, oh, this first comic that I'm, that I'm bringing to the stage. She just had her late-night debut, long-coming late-night debut, and she absolutely destroyed it on Conan uh, last week. So let's hear it right now, ladies and gentlemen, from Miss Jackie Cation. Give it up for Jackie Cation.
2: Right you know how I wanted to open that set? I wanted to open that set with, yes, I am overweight. The world may consider it addressed. Because <laughs> it's never as funny as you think. Fat jokes? I've never written, like, the definitive fat joke that's really going to... Eh, whatever. Okay, uh, yeah, there's no end to that. That's great. That's an excellent place to start. Hello, hello, um, regular, uh, normal-sized people and babies and anybody bring a baby good for you okay um i uh um i'm not gay and almost everyone thinks so right right (laughs) could have been went to college it's not like i might not know it didn't take it didn't take so um but I am married and I don't know anything about it. I'm married uh relatively not that recently, but it feels recent. And every day I wake up because I'm a comic and I'm like, have I broken this? Uh did I fuck this up? And every day I have not. Interesting. And uh but the uh um yes. Every day I wake up and I'm like, what's gonna happen? And I don't know what's going to happen because every day... Like, you know, uh, what I didn't know when you're in a relationship with another adult human being is that all the big conversations... Uh, they, they check in. Adults check in with one another. Whether it's gay or straight or whatever's happening, uh, an, an adult will check in with the adult that they are the partner of to see if everybody's still happy with the decisions that have been made. Much like one might check in with themselves, like I do with myself. Am I still happy doing the things that I'm doing? Living where I'm living, uh, having these uh, jobs, this type of thing. So um, we get married. I think that we have had all the big decisions. Job, kids, Work, where we live, all these things, uh, and that we will sit in those decisions until we die. That's what I think. And uh, it has turned out that he is he's checking it. So a couple of months ago, we're in the car and he says, Should we adopt? <laughs> we have discussed this. And so I go, Did you want to adopt? And he goes, No. But should we? <laughs> wow. Uh, Like, voting and recycling? Let's not do it like that. Let's not do it because we're supposed to. And I was telling a friend of mine, I'm telling a friend of mine that story, and she's like, you guys are so great, you should totally adopt, you should foster. And I'm like, you should fucking foster. I am not fostering. You know who fosters? Angels. Angels foster, uh, and people who weirdly think they're going to make money from it. Uh, Those are the only two people who foster. Angels. I am an asshole. I've already made peace with myself that I will be killed 15 years from now by a child that was raised feral. Um, But it got me thinking, because I I have four brothers and a sister, and uh, almost everyone... Just me and one brother not having kids. Everybody else, uh, plenty of kids, plenty of people on the planet. Holy shit, there's a lot of people on this planet. I swear to God, if I were Wiccan or something, I would think the planet was just sitting there going, are there really seven billion of the one kind? I have got to fix that. I'm going to go have a cigarette. Anyway, uh, I don't know what the earth is saying, but the thing is, is... um, so I was thinking about parenting. I was thinking about parenting and that's on this piece of paper. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. Because the thing is is I um I have four brothers and three of them all have like they have like I have 12 nieces and nephews. I have three great nieces and nephews or some damn thing. Something like that. And um I myself uh, haven't met them all. No, it's not true. I've Oh, that's true. I haven't I haven't met they say, I'm sure they're very nice. Uh, I'll meet them when they go to college. It'll be fine. Um but the thing is I, When I think about what parents are expected, like 13, right? You have parents who are expected to do things that are ridiculous. Your parents are expected to support you. They have to be supportive. If they are not being supportive, they are bad parents, right? They have to be the most supportive people in the world. But they are not to be smothering. They are not to be helicopter parents. They're supposed to let you be the individual, the free spirit that you wish to be. But supportive And available at all times for you. And that's beautiful. Uh, Those are almost uh, contradictory. Uh, The next thing... (laughs) They are supposed to get you every advantage, every advantage, educational, fiscally. Everything is supposed to be there. We're supposed to provide these. You want to learn how to box? Allow me to get some junior welterweight and (laughs) teach you how to throw a baseball. Let's get some guy from A-ball. And, I mean, it's insane the amount of uh, advantages you're supposed to be. But you are also supposed to raise a child that is not spoiled. No, that child should not be entitled that's, That child should understand And the third thing Is that, that you have to raise a child That is non-judgmental And tolerant The most beautiful person in the world That you're raising this amazing But You are also supposed to be, raise a child Who better fucking win <laughs> Because you have sacrificed everything For this goddamn little mutt And It is amazing If they do not rise to the occasion And uh Yeah my parents, uh, I was raised feral, as uh, much like uh, I should have been farmed out to uh, other people who wouldn't have, who could have ignored me as well. Um, but the uh, God love them, they did the best they could. Like my parents, my dad is—he has no, there's no moral boundaries with him. He doesn't. He always—he believed in us. He, I'm the youngest of six, right? So uh, he always has a lot of advice. His best advice, I think, uh, is. You make your opportunities and you break your opportunities. Remember what Jesus said, give a man a fish, that man knows where to go for fish. (laughs) You teach a man to fish and you've just destroyed your market base. my father there's no boundaries there's no any nothing is there's no okay so but he believed in like my father doesn't vote my father has never voted uh, he hasn't voted since 72 when he voted for mcgovern and uh he pretends he's like he doesn't believe in the government he thinks you got to work around it anyway it doesn't even matter what he has actually said is that he doesn't vote because nobody's really on his side and i'm like what are you an ant? And um, that is a Lord of the Rings joke for seventeen people. I could close on it, but I'll do this: is uh, <laughs> love an ant joke? And uh, but the thing is, is he like he says things like, "You could." When I was a kid, he was always like, "You could do whatever you want to do in life." Remember, Jesus only started out with twelve followers, and um, which was like, "Did you want us to start religions of our own?" He's like. <laughs> You could do it. I believe in you. <laughs> you could do it. And he would also say things like, you can do whatever you want to do in life as long as they don't catch you. And, and I remember just being like eight years old going, is that the rule? And my mom's in the back like a catcher, waving us off, going, that is actually not the rule. That is actually, let's go watch MASH. Anyway, uh, that's, thanks a lot, you guys. <laughs>
1: Let's do it for Jackie, guys. Jackie Casey, one more time. So we have an awesome show, and I am going to keep it right on rolling. Uh, this next comic, she released uh, her, her most recent special on uh, chill.com, the special, special, special. And it is a very important thing that happened in comedy this year. And if you haven't uh, purchased that yet, uh, go home and spend that money on that. It's... Uh, That's it. We can, that's, she's already, that's the best comedy there is. So she's already done it. And uh, she's here tonight. Uh, Let's hear right now for Maria Bamford, guys. Uh, Hi, Maria Bamford.
3: Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I I feel it was such a wonderful show, uh, crowd. I'm very grateful for the spot. Well, it is a
1: total pleasure to have you. I want to talk. To you about your special, special, special. Okay, because it actually I think was okay of the year of comedy. If we did a year of comedy, I think that might have been in my heart and mind the most important thing that happened in that year Uh, in terms of jokes. How did you feel about? Like, the response that you got. I got a, an incredible response. Uh, I could get it better. Uh, this is your show, this is your special that you taped in your house. In my
3: house, in front of my parents. In
1: front of your parents. Only audience members. Only audience of
3: my parents, except for the sound guy and some crew people. Right. And, uh, and then there was a keyboard player, and Jackie Cation opened. Jackie Cation, um, great. Very great well. Comment. Warmed up the crowd. Uh, yeah, it was, cause it's, it was... Yeah, I just wanted to... I love being with my parents, and so it's like any excuse, and it's also the laziest possible choice is to uh, do it in my own home. Uh, why do I have to go out to a theater right. and well, gather 300 people?
1: I would also add uh, since it is harder to do comedy, I think for smaller audience, audiences, perhaps the bravest choice. Also, uh, who judges us more completely than our parents? Than our parents. Oh yeah. Who That's also loves us true. the most? That's true. They because love they us. wanna they wanna make sure that we're always doing the
3: best we, we can, can do. Yeah. Yeah, they did it was I mean the best I think my favorite part of it was that they, they both had they were like, How'd you think it went? Or the guy was yeah. at it, and they're like, yeah. oh, I think they're here to win more people. <laughs> my mom was like, Well, I just thought she was so hard on Paula Dean like <laughs> both of it was just critique. Awesome, oh, but, but 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 they, they they loved it, and they uh, they were got, you uncomfortable in the moment? During no, they've already it? seen it. They've already seen it. In fact, I was more comfortable with them. I was more uncomfortable with the crew. Oh yeah, it's like that you makes know the the disinterested, uh, jaded Hollywood crew. Sure, like, the just, guy, like the yeah, boom guy. Yeah, yeah, they're <laughs> just like
2: yeah, it's working this thing this weekend. Yeah,
3: <laughs> what a what a crap that was. I mean, not that I don't know why I care so much about that guy. Because uh, he's so mad at me already. Um, but And I don't even know if he said that.
1: That's no, the I'm sure part. he did not. I'm sure he was like, I saw the real <laughs> art being made. Because so okay. that's kind of... So here's what's, here's why I am trying to do this show, yes. is to sort of give people a more... I mean, I feel like at this point, if you see stand-up on TV, yes. um, it is, like, edited, highly edited. Yes. It is in front of an audience of people that are jazzed out of their minds because they know there's TV cameras around. Yes. Yes. And that's not really what stand-up is. Like, that's not what the job of stand-up is. I actually felt like that was kind of something that was reflected in your special as well, which is like the that is what it is like. It is performing for two people. It is performing maybe in your own house.
3: You know? I mean, and, pain, and kind of painful. Yeah. And it's not a rock star moment. No. Or, or even if there is like a few minutes of a rock star moment uh it's uh it seems to pass very quickly the audience is like well, when's the next one yeah What's exactly the next thing you yeah well,
1: because the minute you do a show you burn that show like yeah, it's like yeah. you live show to show it's not like you have a job where it's like and now I have the security of this job yeah, it's yeah, you're yeah. living show to show yeah, you're living yeah. like moment to moment and even like laugh to laugh you know yeah yeah you yeah. like murder on some joke and then the next joke flops there's that feeling of disconnect right, so right. anyway I thought it was very.
4: I thought it was really thanks. honest so nice. and awesome. Thanks, thanks.
1: And I'm really happy you came uh, by this show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. And I know you have another show, so get out of here yeah, and go have a great and second And that's sex. how it is. It's real. Yeah. it's real. <laughs> Maria Bamford, guys! Let her hear it! Very funny comic coming up next. We're so glad he could do the show. Let's hear it. Please put your hands together for Mr. Nick Thune, guys! Let's hear it Nick Thune! Hi, Nick How are you?
5: I'm well, and yourself?
1: I'm doing great. You, first of all, you look great in person. I've never met you, but oh, well, you, you very are very, much. like, handsome and slim. I like your outfit.
5: Well, I know people listening right now are probably wondering what I'm wearing, so I might as well yeah, go through you should it. Do. <laughs> um, you should
1: tell us what you're wearing.
5: <laughs> I'm just wearing a, you know, skinny jean. No, no.
1: So, uh, what are you? what is going on for you right now in your comedy life?
5: Oh, in my comedy life. Well, I'm, getting, I'm taping a special in May... So right now I'm working every weekend, going out great. to really terrible towns.
1: Sure, yes, the mm-hmm. worst. Mm-hmm. Um,
5: and great towns. Yeah, I'm are, sure. Are mixed in there. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh-huh. And you'll never tell which one.
5: I, I mean, I'll say a bad one, Virginia Beach. right? Oh, was. Virginia the Beach. The worst, yeah.
1: Wow. Um, mm-hmm. What What? What happened? Why was it so crazy?
5: Uh, I was following this high-energy comedian that ended his set with, it's peanut butter jelly time, peanut butter <sighs> jelly time. And he's t- actually talking about his... Eating his wife out, and it, t- it tastes like peanut butter jelly. Oh, yeah. Um, but he's like an older guy, high energy, hacky. I mean, it was just like, it was just bad. And then I would go on and then bomb. And I was actually just telling them that the first 10 minutes of my set, there was a lady in the room that said, uh, I overheard her, because you know, like you're on stage, people don't always realize the audience is facing you, so you just kind of hear everything they say. Yeah. And the audience doesn't get that. So I overheard a woman in the first 10 minutes of me doing an hour say, This is bumming me out. Oh, wow. (laughs) And then, I mean, And those are the things that you try and ignore. But I was just like, I just have to say what you just said. You just said that I am bumming you out. And my sole intent right now is the exact opposite. You repeated it. Yeah. And what did she do? She just like, yeah, I said that. And I was like, is it bumming you out that you you have to think for the first time tonight about what people are saying and you're not just like forced to laugh? And, And then I got defensive and assholey. And then felt bad and was self deprecating the whole rest of the show. Did you have
1: comic after saying that about
5: me? No, I don't, I don't think he was watching me. I don't think I was his kind of comedy oh, to watch. Yeah. But uh, somebody got punched in a show. Another guy stood up halfway through my set and said, um, I've heard enough. You're kidding me. No.
1: Because I've had like a lot of responses after their <laughs> response.
5: Did he leave? I've heard enough, and this is bumming me out. Those are the two worst things you could ever hear on stage.
1: Kate hey, Berlin. you can come talk to us if you want to. We're just talking about...
5: This is, this, have you ever seen a podcast?
1: Yeah, this is a I podcast. Heard, uh, this is a podcast. No, 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 We're just no, talking no, about, no. Uh, Nick, you have to tell Kate. Well, what I just somebody. told her, I just oh, told her okay. all the
5: stories. I was there. She got the real animated versions. I the, yeah. the live. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: so you comments. do like a more surreal type of a comedy, Kate Berlin? Um, I think I it's more see. like unreal. Yeah, yeah, unreal. Okay, <laughs> sure. It's it, Or know. too real? Is there an option that it could be too real? I like that. Have you ever had anybody... I feel like people would not say "I've had enough and leave." They might people be get like very upset.
5: <laughs> no. on stage They get angry. yeah
1: they get volatile.
5: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, I know they do not. <laughs>
6: You've had
5: people like physically vomit in the front row. Oh yeah. 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 But
1: that's you put them there. That's like the whole set piece.
5: <laughs> no, like out of just like confusion. Sure.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And trying to responses. understanding what their parents mm-hmm. meant in their lives mm-hmm. for the. Also mm-hmm.
5: questioning their sexuality, I'm sure. Like
1: that. Again, a lot. I question my sexuality around you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, she's okay. I'm gonna go bring Jackie off stage. Okay, it was nice talking to you, yeah, Nick. It was great to and, uh, you. And you're gonna murder because you're at UCB, and these are the kinds of people that are ready. No, nope,
5: we're you. gonna find out. Yeah,
1: we're gonna yeah. find out. <laughs> Mr. Nick Thune, guys. Oh man, how are we doing so far? How does everybody feel? This has been a great show, and yet, and yet there's still more show, and I can't even believe how exciting that is. Are you a family? I just figured that out. Got it? Because uh, that's the you're the uh, the how old were you again? We spoke about this earlier. Forty-eight. You look great. You look great. I love what you're wearing—a jacket over a sweater that always looks nice on a man. Just really nice outfit. Uh, who are you, humans, compared to this uh, gentleman here? Yeah, you're you're his daughter. You understand? He's a a, a a swell-looking gentleman. You have to be careful in Los Angeles when you're talking to daughters. Oh my Cause that could be your husband. I don't know. I understand it's gross because there's a taboo against you know families we're dating. But just imagine from my point of view, I look at you. I don't know your. Fa- I mean, you have similar eyes. You all have similar eyes. That's why I thought maybe you were. But, and, and I'm not saying you should. I'm not suggesting that you should hook up with your. Like just let him. He seems like he's fine. He doesn't need you. I don't know why your head went there. I just in my, my, I was, in my mind, I was just aware of the fact that, that you have blonde hair and you have dark hair. And that's kind of, you know, that, that's what men like. Blonde or dark hair. Sometimes red hair, too. You know what I mean? How, what, do you guys live out here? Do you, do you all of you live here? He does. And you're visiting? You're, you're visiting your, your father who lives in Los Angeles. What do you, where do you guys live, uh, daughters? Where do you Yeah, yeah, you live in New York obviously. I mean, it's like either one of like you look like your eyebrows Your eyebrows are like really under control. You either live in New York or LA Like there's no other because otherwise how would you even know how to do your eyebrows like that? Um, (laughs) It's just not like I'm from Chicago. It's not that's not a thing that we learn. Uh, I learned how to tan over my eyebrows Um, Okay, that's cool. That's how what brings you what brings you to visit just visiting the dad Why do you guys live in uh, New York? That's where you, it's a family thing. Do you live there for a different, with a different? You live there with your mom. You, uh, well, first of all, I'm glad you're visiting your dad. And second of all, I'm glad your mom lives in New York. Your lives are perfect. Like I I understand maybe there was some family drama for a while, but now you've got it. Like you don't have to, like you're still obviously in good touch. He's a hip happening guy. He brings you to the UCB, like whatever stuff happened before. Water under the bridge. I think you're doing fine. I think you're doing fine. I feel ashamed of myself. <laughs> um, how old are you guys? Do you mind if I ask? How old are you, young lady? You're 15? Yes, I, that's, what, that's what I was getting. How old are you? You're, no, you're not, because that doesn't make any sense. You're 17 and you're 15? Holy shit. Did you, say, did you say 17? Oh my god. Like, you look like adult women. This is what happens when, you're, when you are raised in New York. You just, like, understand how to wear black pants. It's not... You know what I mean? Like, it's just like you're ahead of your time. It's just you're not supposed to wear those until a while later. You should be wearing sweats uh, that are either tight or baggy. Um, well, thank you for being here at the show tonight. And welcome to Los Angeles. I hope you guys have a great visit. Let's hear it for this family right here. You're adorable. You're adorable. <laughs> I think I fixed it, right, guys? I think I probably fixed it. Yeah. I just needed that. Probably fixed it. Well, this next comic is... Uh, he, he's a friend of mine for a long time. He used to live in Chicago, and he actually is taping an album this Friday at the Nerd Melt Theater here in Los Angeles. So if you're around on February 22nd, you should go watch that taping. He's a very funny man. I'm stoked for him. The album's also going to come out on a Special Thing Records and they're the same, it's the same two dudes, specifically one, Ryan McMenman, who uh, puts out this podcast. So we should support that as well. Uh, yeah, Ryan's right even over there. He can even hear you if you clap. Uh, let's hear right now, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. John Roy. Give it up for John Roy.
4: Cameron Esposito, how about it? Uh, It's gonna be here uh, on this side. You can cut the punk song whenever, it's all good. Uh, It's gonna be here in this part of the city. I live in West Hollywood. I moved there seven years ago because I always wanted to live in a lunatic asylum in the gay part of Moscow. (laughs) And I succeeded. There really are crazy people wandering around. And, and look, I, I, before I go into this bit, I hope you know that I'm not like, making fun of them. You know, like comedians like, oh, that John Roy, he really, uh, he stuck into those people without the capacity to care for themselves. He really took them down a peg. I know it's not their fault. We had a perfectly functioning mental health system in California until Ronald Reagan became governor. And then apparently he thought they could better get the care they need in the bus stop outside of Target. So that's what happened. <laughs> But living in such close proximity to insane people as I do, I had to say, Hollywood actors are shit at playing crazy people, right? And they get, they get awards for it every year. People are like, oh, wasn't Heath Ledger so great playing the Joker? No, he, he was good at playing a villain, a bad guy who's scary with a plan. But homeless people don't have plans. They don't have to-do lists. Crazy people don't have... Their to-do list is like hope that what you think are the cars are the cars. Like, that would be... That's it. There's no plan involving piles of money and Hong Kong. Right? Like, the, it was, all with oh, the Joker... Like, well, no, but he. everything the Joker said made sense. Right? That's not the way crazy people are. I saw... Here, and the Joker's outfit coordinated. He had a, he had a thing. I saw a guy... He, this is what they're really... They have a sheet over their other clothes... And they're not, you know, scaring you with the possible story of how they got their scars. It's like, uh, Alexander Hamilton felt the president should have the powers of an emperor. (laughs) Which is factually true, but I don't know why he needed everyone in the Rite Aid on La Brea to know that. (laughs) At that moment. But... I am grateful for those people living in my neighborhood, though, because, because they're so out of control, that sets the bar of acceptable behavior comfortably low for the rest of us. You can walk into stores in WeHo high as fuck, and they will treat you like a cop who's a dad. I, um, I like reading books, but I'm not one of those people who thinks that any book is automatically better than whatever movie they make, you know, movie comes out. People go, oh, but the book is always so much better. Not always. Books depend on me. I have a horrible visual imagination. (laughs) HBO has 57 artists with master's degrees in making medieval armor. Their version of Game of Thrones is gonna be way better than the piece of shit production my brain put on. With the castle from He-Man, <laughs> and Lego Knights, <laughs> and a dragon I bought with skee-ball tickets. <laughs> I'm trying to eat better. I'm trying to eat food from the grocery store, but I, to make a meal like not garbagey food. But I don't know what I'm doing. So after I get the cl- food home, I'm just pulling stuff out of the fridge till it looks like enough. Like that's. <laughs> My dinners make no sense. My dinners are like the team they put together in every war movie. It's a ragtag group of underdogs that don't really get along. But they have to learn to work together to accomplish the mission. It's like tilapia, taco meat. I want you to meet English Muffin. He doesn't look like much, but he's good with butter. I don't know, Sarge. He looks like Breakfast to me. Well, he's the only starch in this refrigerator, so you better get used to him. I had a pretty good year for my family. Uh, My mom quit drinking, which is cool. My uh, my dad quit 10 years ago, so they're both sober now, which is good for me, because when I was growing up, they were not. And I was an only child. So growing up for me was like being the manager of a very unpopular bar. We only had two regulars. They came in around six. They were drunk by about 10 and it turned out that they owned the place so you could not cut them off. But if you had to have a dad who drank too much, mine was a good one to have. He loved me, he didn't punch anybody, he didn't get arrested, he would just pass out a lot. Like my biggest memory of my father's drinking is that he never saw the second half of any movie my family rented between 1985 and 1995. He could get through half a movie and then the scotch would kick in. So as far as my dad's concerned, the Griswolds never made it to Wally World. There may or may not be a Daisy Red Ryder BB gun underneath that Christmas tree in Cleveland. It was all Shawshank, no redemption. But maybe that helped my dad, seeing just the first part of the movie. Cause it's the second part where all the Hollywood make-believe stuff happens, right? The first part's more like real life. Your real life FedEx plane crashes into an island. You paint a face on a volleyball and you die. Now, my mom did not drink scotch, she drank wine. And you would think that that would be a less intense habit, but these wine glasses, you could mix a salad in these wine glasses. (laughs) And look, I don't want you to think that I feel like I'm superior to my parents, that I don't have the temptations towards alcohol, that I'm above them. Absolutely not. I have drank like an asshole many times in my life. I often drink too much. I often drink when I shouldn't. It, the only difference is that they would drink at home in the apartment. And that didn't make sense to me. Because I drink a lot, but I drink at parties where there are girls. And I have to forget that I don't belong there. Like that's <laughs> makes sense. That makes sense to me. But he would drink at the apartment. That's not a party. Unless that was my dad's idea of an awesome fucking party. It was like Friday night at our apartment. Oh yeah, dude, you gotta go there, man. It's gonna be me, my drunk wife, and an eight-year-old nerd. Oh man, I hope he shows me 25 drawings of the Roman gods he did that day. And then gives me a quiz on what their Greek names are and which God goes with which picture. Oh, that's fun. But if you, make one, if you make a mistake and you think one of the gods is not the God that he drew, he thinks it's because his drawing sucks and he cries. It's awesome. Oh, it's the best. So good. Oh, then, then I'll watch half of Uncle Buck. My wife will drink a gumball machine full of wine. Then we'll say horrible shit to each other until I pass out and then I wake up the next morning and puke and watch the Smurfs. And that'll do it for me. I got my taping on uh, February 22nd. It's at Meltdown. James Adomi and Kyle Canain, free fight.
1: Guys, John Roy. Here's the other thing. Now, if you if you're here in, in L.A. and you want to go check out his taping, absolutely you should do that. If if you're not here in L.A., uh, you should follow. Put your hands together on Twitter at pyhtshow. And we always tweet out all the handles of everybody that's on the show every week. So you can follow them. You can follow John. You can find out when his album comes out. He's hilarious. You're going to love that. You can find all the the folks that are on all of our shows. How about that? Isn't that a great solution to all of your problems? It is. It's a great solution. Uh, This next comic, I'm I'm so happy to have her as well. I've said that about everybody, but I mean it. I'm not a liar. This is true happiness. Uh, I, this, this comic, she, So she was living in New York for a while, but she's here in L.A. And, th- and this is where she's from. It's like so great to have her in L.A. because she's, she's tearing it up. She was one of Comedy Central's comedy, comics to watch for this year. Uh, let's hear right now, guys, for Kate Berlant. Very funny lady. Oh, you
6: guys. It's true. Everything she said is true. New York, LA, maps. Buy one! Or don't, but just know it's an option. I don't uh, own maps, calendars, mirrors, you know, they're all just governmental constructs telling you, you know, get a job! You know, it's all your dad breathing down your neck. Um, I don't do it. I'm not used to driving, you know, way over here. I actually got lost. It was actually a powerful experience to become physically lost when emotionally you're so lost. Uh, it's very nurturing. Uh, I'm in a very weird place. I'm not gonna mask it. Um, very raw. Uh, have you ever built a relationship with a dog through a fence? <laughs> You're about to. <laughs> You're about to. I'm trying to actively drop my mask. Uh, be more, you know, more vulnerable. Hey, what's up? What's your name? <laughs> I don't know. What's your name? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> And, you know, it's, it's helpful. You know, I think people are just problems with faces. Uh, you, know, you know, we know this from media, books, music, renaissance paintings, you know. It's right there in front of you. Just look at it. Yeah. It's all really just right there. What is it, Friday? You know, going to go to a party later. Um, I might, you know, people, sometimes they see you up here on the stage. They're like, she has it all. You know, um... <laughs> which is flattering. Sure. Um, But it's violent. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I might go later to a karaoke bar, a, um, a, you know, some place that you may go to have a uh, tapas or something like that. And, um, you know, just to sort of partake in that culture, you know, sort of downtown Baltimore, uh, kind of just take part in that and go, you know, just... Um, for fun. Absolutely for fun. You know, just... The point is, just don't cloak yourself. You know, you don't have to wear a cloak to wear a cloak. You know, I'm looking at here right now, some of the faces, there are some cloaks. You know, some people just... You know, um, they're, uh, they're recording this, which is, you know, my roots are in vaudeville. So I'm very physical, you know. You know, really the urge to kind of just... Shuffle and kind of do that, which is, of course, it won't translate into sort of the oral medium in which we're classically bound via microphone, via what have you. Um, but, you know, sometimes, right now, of course, the urge to pull down the screen and kind of take part in classic shadow art. Oh, um, uh, you know, and just sort of by giving voice to the impulse in some way, I've almost done it, right? Sometimes you can actually just by. Just by articulating the need and the desire. You fulfilled it. And you haven't hurt anyone. No, you have not. Or have you? These are serious questions. They're not going to teach you at Tufts. Emerson. NYU. Emerson Day School. Wherever it is that you may have gone. You know, it's dangerous stuff. It's scary stuff. You know? It's hard. You know, we're so protected here in the artist community. You do forget that it is a sick country. You know, uh, the meat's bad. Um, there are GMOs in it. Our kids can't vote. So yeah, I'm political. Someone needs to step into the public sphere and say, there's a problem. But people don't want to hear it. A lot of times people will say, don't listen to her. She's a witch. (laughs) And then some people say, I like that witch. (laughs) So there really is a harsh divide. It's kind of a Venn diagram. You often have to pick your side. There is an exit sign somewhere. You can kind of... It might create kind of a a harsh divide among you guys, but... (laughs) I'm very interested in sort of the social topography of space. (laughs) And so the rate at which you file out and sort of how the groups divide, I will be very interested in seeing, you know? (laughs) Even just the way tonight, you guys are kind of separated, the people in the back, you know? Those of you against the wall, so much fear. (laughs) Right? The urge to do that. Oh, God, who hurt you, you know? <laughs> Why, you know? And then those of you towards the front, you know, it's like, we get it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I understand I have to constantly question my own urge to, you know, you, you, absolutely, <laughs> you absolutely have to, you know? It's, um, you know, <laughs> just now when I look down at the stool, I had the urge yeah I had the urge to sit and then I had fear I chose not to sit I'm sitting those of you listening and just in that moment of sitting with the fear discovery it's powerful okay I'm not going to lie I have to leave um you know, we can't do this forever. But I guess what I want to say is, you know, you leave tonight, you go home, just try to start a franchise. Just do something uh, powerful, you know, because in this world, people want you to do, you know, they want you to start a franchise, and oh, that's it. <laughs> you know, that's really about it. But uh, you guys have been so fun, and please, you know, I need to ride home, so if anyone wants to help me out, I'm Kate Berlant. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
1: somebody in here. I don't know what's going on with uh with your how are you, sir? How are you? Yeah? What how how's the show going, sir? You're you're having a good time. You're having a fantabulous time. Yeah, that's right. That's that's you seem um you seem relaxed. What do you do for a living? Uh guess guess. You want me to guess? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) You're a doctor? Are you serious? You look like a... What a... You're wearing like even a kind of a laid-back jacket. You're just like, yeah, I'm a doctor, but this is just a regular jacket. Which is pretty impressive, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you can hang with the people before you fix them. What kind of doctoring do you do? Uh, Anesthesiologist. Anesthesiologist. That's some serious shit. I've had uh, more surgeries than... Well, okay, how many... Guess how many surgeries I've had. (laughs) Yeah, it is a trick question. Do you want to guess? You, can, you don't have to, but... Yeah, guess. Eight. That's right, doctor. <laughs> I've had eight surgeries. Just for, like, various stuff. I, was like, I had crossed eyes as a kid, and then I had a couple of those surgeries. Plus, I broke my knees all the time because the crossed eyes couldn't see anything. Broke my arm. Had tubes in my ears. They fell out and then put them back in. Stuff like that. Um, so I've seen, like, a lot of anesthesiologists. That's a scary... Have you ever had surgery, anesthesiologist? You haven't? So you don't even know how scary it is. Have people told you how scary it is? Because, like, you're... Here's the thing: the anesthesiologist is always really nice because they're like gonna put a, they're gonna put some shit in your body and then you're gonna fall asleep, which is a weird thing that you're trusting somebody to do. And they always come meet you before you have surgery, and they're like, "Okay, you're gonna fall asleep and you won't feel anything." And you go, "Oh, sure," as if that's possible medically. You know, like as a, just a regular human, I feel very skeptical of your ability to do your job. Not that you can't do your job, but that anybody would have that kind of wizardry at their fingers. Like, I know I have like a I know I have like a needle in my arm, but I'm like, oh, I mean, they've been. I've I've had this in here for a couple of minutes already, and nothing is that You know, like it's like this whole, it's like this really crazy feeling of because the doctor they always make you like count down and stuff like that. And I remember every time I've gone under because I've always they've always been I've always had general anesthetics, um which means I'm very resilient. I've woken up eight times as well. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> I keep trying, but I
3: keep fighting. <laughs>
1: But, like, the last thing they do is they're like, countdown from ten, and you're like, oh, this is never going to... Because that's my biggest... No, I, well, my biggest fear is to be murdered in my sleep <laughs> by somebody specifically with a knife. <laughs> my second biggest fear is to have surgery and not really be asleep. Like, to have somebody go, like, you're going to not feel a thing, and then, and then you know, like, your body's paralyzed, and... But you're... But, you, but in your mind, you're like, I feel everything. You know, so have you ever done that to anybody? Yeah, me too. I hope not either. Well, you have glasses, so I assume you're really good at your job and nobody's ever... I feel like those are the kinds of doctors you can trust, as doctors with glasses, you know? And white jackets. You know? And that are in love with other doctors. That's just what I've learned from medical dramas. Okay. Well, uh, thank you for your... thanks for helping us uh, fall asleep before we get our bodies cut open. That's so much better than the alternative, which is just to be completely awake. And I'm so glad that that's not how we do it anymore. Although, we were tough back then, you know. And good at drinking whiskey, I think. And biting sticks and stuff. <laughs> Guys, we have two more comics on the show. And I know that it's been a great show so far. This, I think, might be, uh, this might be my favorite of all the shows that we have done so far. I'm really having a great time. So, uh, we have two comics left. And they're both going to kill your brains with joy. And I believe in you as an audience. I think you have it in you. Do you have it in you for two more comics? Oh, yes! Look at this, anesthesiologist! I am the opposite of you! Do you understand? Because I yelled, and then you yelled back. That's the opposite of that. Okay, in my mind, that made a lot of sense. You make people go to sleep. I make them live their lives! I don't know what I'm talking about. But if anybody here, thank you very much. That gentleman gave me a clap. Yes. If anybody's taking the SAT tomorrow, I would do that. If it's like anesthesiologist is to sleeping, as stand-up comic is, you can fill in helping people live their lives, but you have to do it all as one word. Okay. Penultimate comic of the show. And I'm very, I'm very happy to have him. He just moved here one month ago from New York, and you guys, are, we're gonna welcome him, right? Because we're a welcoming city, and we're gonna say, "Get the fuck over here," and let's and tell us jokes. You know what I mean? We're gonna say that right now. Let's hear it for Gabe Liebman, guys. Give it up for
7: Gabe. Come on. Hi, hi. That's how I say hi. <laughs> Is my fly up great great mm kind of great, perfect, and begin I thought she was going to say that I was her favorite comic before, but she said this was her favorite show, but i 'll take it um, that 's on me. Um, I did just move here from New York. Um, I fucking love it here. What are you guys talking about? Um, it is so nice here. You guys have so much fucking shit figured out. I can't believe everyone doesn't live here. Uh, Your take on winter is perfect. Don't change a thing. Um, You have food figured out. Obviously weather, body shapes. um, Fucking... Driving, I... So I didn't drive in New York because no one's allowed to do that, I don't think. Um, and so moving here, I you know all you hear about is traffic and how you have to drive everywhere and there's traffic and you're going to hate driving. And so I was, like, really scared. Um, but I landed and I got myself my car. Um, I got a Prius because I'm an individual. And... <laughs> I got it in bright red because I love to surprise myself. (laughs) Totally thought I was going to get gray. Um, And I was just like, "Ah!" and I wanted it so bad. Um, So I got it. (laughs) I am an adult. Um, And I was driving it and I got it in North Hollywood and I had to get, so I had to take the freeway back. And fucking, I was so scared. To drive on the freeway, I was just really psyched out. I was feeling really rusty about my driving, and so like I had to like merge onto the freeway, which i didn't, you know I hadn't done in a thousand years because you're who would ever do that in New York. And um, I was like approaching this guy who was kind of in my way in the lane or whatever. <laughs> and i was getting closer and closer to him and he like looked at me and he gave me this message that was nonverbal but like if i had to put words to it his message was like hey bro i could be you right now get in here <laughs> and then he just fucking let me in his lane <laughs> what i was like me I thought we were gonna have to fight to the death, and like, also like the cutest thing that you guys do with your cars is like on a normal street that has lights, not a freeway, but and there's like a little bit of traffic, but nothing crazy. Um, How everyone like taps their brakes before they go through an intersection because they don't want to like block the intersection, I guess. Aww. Like, that's so nice. Like, in New York, everyone just, like, picks up their cars and puts them in the middle of the intersection and then, like, goes to work and is like, you fucking figure it out. It's just, like, a nightmare. Um, I don't want to be, like, controversial. I know Kate just got really political with you guys, so I want to just, like, keep it light. But, like, I don't be offended, but uh, your weed is too strong. <laughs> Categorically, I know that there's like a lot of California pride about, like, you know, how strong the weed is here. And I get that it is like government weaponized chemo or whatever, but it's too strong. Like, because, like, my favorite thing to do in New York was to smoke weed and watch intervention at the same exact time. And you can't do that here. Because, like, in New York, it's, like, funny, and it's, like, kind of, like, I guess an ego boost or something, where you get super high, and you watch Intervention, and you're just like, bah! Like, what the fuck was I worried about? Look at this fucking guy. Like, I'm doing great. What was I worried about? This fucking guy, I have all my teeth. I'm not smoking any of the light bulbs. Like, I am killing it. And then here I try to do that and it's like funny for like one second. It's like, cause it's like, LOL, you know, whose hands are my hands or whatever. And then it's scary. Right away. It's just like, oh my God, life is real. Drugs are real. I have a drug problem. I need to walk into the ocean or whatever. It's just like, whoa! This is supposed to be fun. Um, I was like trying to explain that to a friend of mine. He was like, you know, Gabe, like, it's really nice out. You know, you don't have to like, it's not like New York. You don't have to like sit inside and do drugs and watch Intervention for 10 hours just to fucking get to tomorrow or whatever. Like, (laughs) you can do something else if it drives you crazy. So I was like, oh, you're so smart. And this is, so this is my first time being in a new city, single with an iPhone. Oh shit! Like, obviously, I'm talking about grinder. Um, I didn't maybe I, did, I didn't say up top that I'm gay, but you can hear my voice. <laughs> I figure whatever. Um, so I I have uh, you know I'm here. I'm in I'm in L. A. I've got my iPhone. I'm single, and I've been trying to just rip it up on those apps, and I feel like. Everyone knows about Grindr or whatever. Like, Grindr, for those of you who don't, is like this gay app that works through your GPS and it tells you, like, how many feet away from another horny guy you are. And then you just fucking do whatever you need to with them. And I feel like everyone knows about Grindr, but what people don't know is that there's all these, like, spin offs of Grindr that are, like, more specific, you know, like, kind of like Frasier style spin offs that are just more specific um and like there's like radar for if you're into men of color um which I am, and there's mister for if you're into older guys, which I am, and there's recon for if you're into s and m which I might be, but <laughs> i'll never find out because who has the time um, and there then there's scruff for if you're just into whatever this is, <laughs> like I am like the queen of Scruff and like uh, it's amazing cause like I felt like on Grindr I was kind of like Rosie O'Donnell, you know? Like everyone was just like, she's funny but I don't like her. <laughs> but then on Scruff, I'm like Jessica Chastain. Everyone's like, what? Where the fuck did she come from? And like when I, I'm always trying to like brag about this to my friends, and like all of my friends are straight, and like they're always like, "Oh, I wish we had a grinder. Oh, you guys gay guys are so lucky. I wish we had grinder." And I hear straight people say that all the time. It's just like, "No, you fucking don't. You're crazy. No, you don't want grinder, because like straight girls, like your eyes are your grinders. you know, like there's a man six feet away from me who would fuck me there's a man three feet away from me who would fuck me. Any man <laughs> would fuck any woman, from what I understand. And then... <laughs> and then straight guys, you don't want grinder either because you have to make a profile on that shit. And trust me, from the straight guys I know, trust me, no girl is gonna fuck you based on what you think is cool about yourself. <laughs> I'm gonna leave you with that. It's a lot. I'm gay. Good night.
1: Let's super gay one more time. That was my first time seeing him. He's hilarious. That's a hilarious man. I do feel like I, feel like I hear that a lot too. Like, where's our grinder? Grinder? I'm like, you know, it's the world, right? It's the whole world. Because there's a lot of straight people. It's, it's just the whole world. Oh, man. When is White History Month? You know, it's kind of like that. It's a little bit like that. It's a little bit like that. We're straight pride. You live it. You are living! straight pride okay sorry pardon me (laughs) uh all right guys we have one final comic and here's what i'm so excited about she actually drove down from san francisco just for this show and this is her first time at the ucb theater and she is I, i i saw her uh for the first time a couple months ago i loved her so much that i immediately booked her on the show and i'm so glad like she drove down for this, sh- and then she's turning around and driving back up. So, guys, you can really lose your minds for her because this is it. This is her night right here. Let's hear it! Come on, get it up for Caitlin Gale, guys! Get it up for her! Come on!
8: Hi, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Who else is here tonight? Are there single ladies here tonight? you will know us by our call Woo! Woo! by the way i know that there are more of you out there and you were left alone single lady you were abandoned by other single ladies that was a war crime that was just committed against you there it's impossible that there are no other single women here where are you single ladies Oh my God! There's only two of us. What's happening? Who's in a relationship here? How did so many of you not make any noise at all? Are you all here on like your third OK Cupid date? I don't know. Am I in trouble for clapping or not clapping? Oh. How many of you have just fucking given up? How many of you have done that? There you are. The silent majority. Single ladies, own your woo. That's our noise. That's our signal. Woo! It is more than a note. It is a chord. It's a chord struck between notes. It's like, Total freedom, ability to make my own decisions. Desperate loneliness. Woo! Woo! Making bad decisions, minor key woo. Woo. Calling exes,
0: woo. <laughs> I'm
8: a happy single lady. Uh, I'm a happy single lady that lives in Oakland, California. <laughs> a happy single lady that lives in Oakland, California, with these thighs. <laughs> Grab your biscuits, UCB. The gravy's here. <laughs> For the listening audience, they thick. <laughs> they are not currency everywhere they are gold in Oakland, California I've learned living in Oakland, California that the kind of people who appreciate legs like mine are very vocal about it I've just gotten used to it I hear it every day What your legs got me doing right now, they got me going up and down and up and down and up and down. It's like your legs is a stairmaster. Go, your legs is ham hocks, they're flavoring my soup right now. Go. I won't read a book off your thighs. Your legs is literature. That's my landlady. She's a five foot two Korean. Just really into legs, you guys. That joke's racist twice. Welcome to the show. I'm a happy single lady. Happy single ladies, we fascinate and frighten people. They don't know what to make of us. (gasps) Why didn't you get married? Why didn't you get married and have a
0: baby?
8: You could just be my nephew and my cousin and then you get married and then you have a baby. (laughs) Oh, I come mean, you can just get married and then have a baby what no no you don't you don't have to complete yourself you can just meet another incomplete person like my nephew or my cousin and then, and then you get married and then you have a baby oh. You, know, you, know, you don't have to accomplish your own goals. You just make a new person, put a tiara on it, push it into the world, make it do what you couldn't.
0: <laughs>
8: not trying to knock relationships. Relationships are beautiful. I know that they're not easy. The last relationship that I was in, I wanted to keep it spicy. That's tough. I tried lingerie. Apparently I'm not a lingerie girl. I tried, though, I thought I'll surprise him. I'll surprise him with some lingerie. Oh, excuse me, honey, I just have to use the restroom. And then I went into the restroom, and I put on the lingerie, and I came back out. <laughs> and this is the man I date, no better prepared for lingerie than I am. It's not like you heard, like, Yeah, get on this dick! That's not what happens. <laughs> He was terrified. (sighs) All right, then. Maybe you should bend over. Bend over. Oh, yeah? Okay. I'll just go over to the bookcase here. Maybe you need something from the bottom shelf, maybe, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You want the one on C++ programming? (laughs) He wanted the one on JavaScript, everybody. Thank you so much. You've been so much fun.
1: Good night. so guys i want to thank you so much for coming out to the show tonight you know we are here at the ucb theater in los angeles every tuesday night and you can get tickets on the ucb website they go on sale at midnight on tuesdays after the show go home buy your tickets for the next week and come back and see us again I want to thank AST Records and Ryan McMenman. I want to thank everybody here at UCB also our stage manager Rhea Butcher and hey guys I'm Cameron Esposito thanks so much for coming out to put your hands together let's hear for all the comics you saw and we will see you next week put your hands together put your hands together put your hands together put your hands together put
0: your hands together, put your hands together. 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 Get ready to laugh with your hands together. Put your hands together. Get ready to clap with your hands together. Put your hands together.